In this episode, we talk about the very early stages of building leg up benefits and a bunch of other stuff. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. What's going on this week, Rick? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Um, so uh, I actually just thought of something. I am actually having a call with the founder of Zencaster today, which we use to record this podcast. Really? Why, yeah. why are you talking to them? It was weird. Uh, we were, um, I saw him post online and I d- hadn't really connected that he lived in Utah. Um, he does like it's a Utah company. And then, but he was posting about how they're doing this, uh, paper performance podcast advertising ecosystem. Um, I, which we should probably look into. Maybe we can make a couple dollars from Zencasters advertising, but, um, they, they basically are partnering with their podcasters to, uh, do some sort of like free, it's a, no cost to promote, but if you convert, if you get a lead out of the podcast advertisement, then you pay per lead. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand what you mean by podcast advertisement. So Zencaster has a lot of people recording podcasts and I guess they are working on a, like embedding advertisements into the recording process. Mm, okay. I think Transistor, which we use for hosting has something similar, mm. like, like, a, well, maybe they don't. I don't know, but it's so like we we could say in this spot inject an ad in there. We don't know what the ad's going to be. Um, I yeah <laughs> yeah and, and 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 you know but so I'm I'm I was interested in that for leg up health. Um, gotcha. Uh, for particularly oh, for to, targeting to be an advertiser. People. Gotcha. Yeah, I, and I was like I was just like responded to one of his posts. I was like, hey, can you do what kind of targeting can you do? Can you like target Utah like podcasts? Like that would be interesting. Um, yeah. And if so, uh, I'd be interested in talking. I was like, let's talk. Yeah, cool. Zencaster strikes me as a kind of tragic case of a really good product trying to be something it's not. Mm. Yeah, like, it's got I, a limited TAM, man. Like maybe you should just be okay with that. Yeah, and I, I also get it's kind of commodified. Like there are a million products that do the same thing where like, you know, you, you and I are video streaming, it's recording audio, it's going to record it locally, upload it to the cloud, do the compression and mixing and all that automatically. There are a bunch of tools that do that, but Zencaster does it best, I think. I tried all the other ones, but they don't want to be in that game anymore. And it sucks seeing their product slowly move away from what I want it to be. <laughs> I totally get it, man. Like, um, yeah, and anyway. they're venture funded. So, and we, oh, they are. We, okay. Well, yeah, it's so all doomed. If you're venture funded in the podcast yeah. space, your customers are fucked. There's not enough money in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, I think, you know, part of the impetus behind like, how can we expand this TAM? <laughs> uh, venture um, capital, man. Uh, well, what's going on with you? Uh, my biggest update is uh, we have group health insurance customer number two. Nice. T- tell yeah. me what happened. Like, how how do you get the second one? JD just um, said we're just calling back people that we said no to in the past. Mm. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, so which is exciting, but it's not like like uh, uh, presumably you'll get through some kind of backlog of these, and then it'll slow down. Does that sound right to you? Yes, but um, JD's also doing outreach to new people, and he's building a pipeline, um, which which is actually an interesting transition. Because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, you're onboarding now, like into you're getting into the details, right? And mm-hmm. um, we're doing that. We have a startup to last Slack instance, and we're doing that kind of in a silo, right? Um, and so, you know, 
and then I'm also hiring a marketing coach, which we should talk, we should talk about at some point in this episode. Um, and I'm doing the same thing with him where I'm having conversations with him in this like silo. And then JD's, I have a meeting with JD. So I'm like having three conversations with like the three team members of leg up health asynchronously, synchronously. And I don't know how to merge these into like one team. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether that's a good idea even like, I'm is not it sure a good, you. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if we were all employees of Leg Up Health, I think no question, absolutely, it's a good idea. Um, I, this is a thing I, I, I don't want to say struggle with, but I think about a lot at Lesson Learning Serum is like, can I be kind of the curator in the middle of everything that's connecting everybody to each other? Or should I try to remove myself and have it be like a fully flat network of everyone being interconnected with each other? And it's not binary. Like that just, that describes mm -hmm. it as one or the other. There's like a middle, there's like a, it's a, it's a bar, right? Like you could go like curate and then like transparent with transparency, um, is like probably the, the next thing over. I'm, I feel like I'm pure curation right now and I don't like it. I, yeah. I, I think I'm too far on this side. Um, it's limiting JD's visibility, his, his contribution, his input, like, um, his relationship building with you. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's, uh, anyway, that's, we talked about that and I just had a meeting with JD and we were talking about that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like a thing I've felt, so I'll, I'll talk more about this later, but you know, I'm I'm in the first few days of working for you basically doing leg up benefits. Um with and with your partner Tyler. I'm actually intentionally saying four cuz I think it's good after 13 years of being in charge, I think it's good for me to be subordinate to somebody. With <laughs> okay, I'm going to correct you every time. I do not okay. want you to say that. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm working with you. Uh but I, the thing I could get out of it is just a little more like hype, hypeness from other people. Um, cause it is fun. Like when you work with a group of people, you can just be like, I just did this thing and everyone will be like, woo, yeah. And that, yeah. just that, just that little thing, even if I'm not learning anything from them or anything, just a little bit of energy can, can go a long way. <laughs> Are you saying that I, like when you, when you shared the, MVP one, I didn't respond and you're like, oh, this well, sucks. I mean, I, sh I showed you a, <laughs> what I showed you did not deserve celebration, but, um, no, I, I just was thinking that like six weeks could be a lonely time <laughs> if I'm just like, you're working full time. I, if I'm just like doing this into a void. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, um, can I talk to you about, I, I think this is an interesting topic. I don't think we need to beat it up, but like, I can, yeah. can I tell you what I'm thinking I'm going to do based on my conversation with JD and then you can maybe help me improve uh, sure. on this. So, um, uh, let me, let me, let me back up for a second and just tell you about the marketing coach we're going to hire. Um, so uh, there's a uh, the former CMO of Lucid uh, Press, which was the subsidiary of um, what do you call it? Uh, Lucid Soft uh, Lucid um, Chart. Um, uh, we're talking to him, and he worked for a, another small business. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, HR company. So he knows our target customer in Utah. Okay. And he, so, so anyway, I'm, uh, he's got a fractional CMO business that he's just started. And so we're, uh, we're going to become a customer of his. So it's, it's just a matter of time. Um, and so he's coming on and he's going to do, he's going to, I'm using him to create a forcing function for your benefit and JD's benefit and my benefit around our employer positioning and messaging. Um, and like getting clear about like what our value proposition is. It's kind of like a demand maven type project, but like much mm -hmm. less intense. And then, uh, so that's going to be like a, kind of like a first project. And then the second project is like, he's going to meet with me and JD weekly to like help us run experiments on how to set meetings for JD. And he's going to basically be like okay. a, a whipping coach uh, for us on like, and helping us come up with ideas and executing in between meetings on setting 
meetings for JD to pitch employers on leg up benefits on group health insurance and on leg up health. You're saying coach. So someone else is doing the work. Who is it? You, is it JD, 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 me, him, but like I, I he's actually going to do work too. He's in addition to the coach, like he's got two hours a week of execution work built into the contract. Okay. Cool. Um, so, uh, so, but anyway, like there, there's, there's, we're going to hire him. You're coming on board and then JD is here. So it's like, there's kind of, this problem isn't just you. It's, it's actually this, this other yeah. guy too. Um, but like different, it's different. Like your partner, he's, this is more of a coach, like, um, so not the same thing, but same problem. And I should say like, even if, so I, I don't know what solutions you're imagining, even if let's say there's a team Slack workspace, they call it, I'm still probably just DMing you mostly. Um, but, well, I don't I know. Say, what are you thinking? So, so let, let me, let me kind of, um, what, what I was thinking was everyone should be in Slack. Number one, like, like we should all be in Slack. Everyone should have access to notion. You've already got access to notion. I also think that you should have access to our pipe drive. Um, I think you'll be interested in that for, I would love to, for yeah. yeah, for yeah. selfish reasons. I'd love to poke around. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so that's one like, and, and, and this other guy should definitely have access to, to, you know, our CRM, like for his yeah. job. Um, right. and then, uh, with the Slack, I think we should, you and I should be talking unless it's about like personnel issues, like about like, if it's about the product, we should be talking in a channel that is available to other people to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't care about the privacy side, but I, what I, my concern with open channels is like, it's not as clear who's expected to respond. If we have a norm that like, I don't have to at mention you every time I'm talking to you, it's understood I'm talking to you, then that, that sounds fine to me. Yeah. So yeah, what I was thinking was like, we're, we're going to like talk, it's, it's, it's a channel for Tyler and Rick to talk. And that may iterate over time as like, as we see what, if you get value out of talking to JD, like that could change, but like, um, you know, but, but, it, but it exposes, uh, our conversation for people to add to if they want to, or just yeah. to stay up to speed without to me having on. to be the curator. Right. Like if, if we're having a conversation, I direct him, it's on me to say, JD, let me give you an update. Well, if he's following along, he can say like, I have questions to me versus like, it's on me to like catch him up. Yeah. I've definitely, uh, heard of companies before having a role. no, DM, no private channels, no DMs in Slack. Um, I now famously this turned into a problem for. Uh, do you know the luggage company Away? I don't. They, they're like one of these direct to consumer kind of Allbirds style. Like anyway, uh, but they had this culture of no no private communication of any kind, which I, I think worked pretty well. Except it turned out their CEO was like abusive or toxic or something. And there's all these public channels of her being like really shitty to people and it turned into a scandal. But anyway, that, that, that's not, that won't be a problem here, but I, I, other companies have done this. There's precedent for saying like, you might as well just have all your conversations out in the open. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, um, I like it. with, I, I like your point though, of like with clear rules of engagement and uh, yeah. like what the purpose of the channel is like, yeah. it's not for I, everyone to have an opinion. Like <laughs> I also like this, like our free, we, we talk on a free Slack channel and all those messages get lost over time. And I do think like you might want uh, a log of these. And so that's another reason to have it in a paid Slack workspace. Well, we're not paying for that. So we should probably, well, you, you will eventually though, probably. Yeah. And I think you get all the old logs when you pay. Yep. You're never going to pay for the startup to last Slack. And so those are all gone. gone. I, I guess you, nope. could, you could be like, I'll pay $10 one time and go get all of them. <laughs> yeah, go get it all. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, cool. And then um, the, the you know same thing with with uh, the marketing coach. Um, and I'm definitely going to include, I my big takeaway from my meeting with JD is I'm definitely going to include JD in all of the meetings and the prep work. And like, it's going to be more of a, 
we're both working with the marketing coach and probably going to transition to the, you know, more JD working with the marketing coach long-term. Um, and then, uh, for you, like check-in wise, like if we have a, a synchronous check-in, um, I don't know when to include JD on that, but like, or whether to. And so I, that's when I am like, I don't know yet. Um, yeah. when, when we're out in market, I think we're definitely going to want to include JD in any check-ins that we do because he's going to be the one selling the thing. Um, uh, but if, yeah. if it's, uh, pre, you know, MVP, P, I'm not sure what the value is. Yeah. I run into this, a less annoying serum where like, so having a conversation in Slack in a public channel instead of a private DM has zero overhead. Um, but there's a lot of like every once in a while employees are like, Hey, can you take minutes in the next leadership team meeting? And I'm just like, no, like that, that's costs time. And it slows down the conversation and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, Getting someone a, to a meeting slows the meeting down no matter yeah, what. Like it, 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 creates, it, it changes how you talk. It, like the level of trust we have is, is, di- is different than the level of trust um, other people have. And and if we bring another person in the meeting, we ch- I will talk differently. You will talk differently. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's and you're like, well, do I have to give content? Like you, I, I could say, remember it's in benefits, this, this, this. And then you have to like face the other person and say, what I'm talking about, like, let me give you 30 minutes of explanation about the context here. Um, yeah. Do you, do, um, do you envision like having a question that I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. You should go talk to JD. Like, is there something like, uh, like that that you can imagine? Well, let me jump. Can I pull yeah. one of my topics for later? Yeah. Which is like, so, uh, so we, maybe we should give a little more background on what we're talking about here. I think probably everyone listening knows what we're talking about, but I'm going to work with Rick building the product leg up benefits to go side by side with their existing product, Leg Up Health. Um, Leg Up Benefits is more of a software play. Leg Up Health is more of like, it's a kind of no-code service, software-enabled service thing. Okay. Um, One of my big questions- Low code, low code, low code. (laughs) One of my big questions is like, you wrote up this big document that's like the spec, it's not that big, but like the specifications for what you want Leg Up Benefits to be. Is that validated? Do we need to do customer research? Like, Like if we just- go build exactly what you have in your head. How confident are you that that's the product we need to build? Pretty high. I, what can I don't you, know. Yeah. Hi. I don't want to like question you, but can you share what the, like why, why you have so much conviction on that? Um, thousands of conversations with small business owners over the last 15 years. Um, but, but specifically, okay, like leg, uh, people keep the product you used to yeah. build. That's the primary source of, it's not the conversations you're having now with like a, it's both it's like, both? We, yeah, it's both like, it's, okay. it's not now, now, but like as part of my research for building leg up, like I did a lot of market research and customer interviews and, uh, uh, okay. mom test. Remember that we went through a mom test I, phase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, I know you did that with like a health, the like individual insurance. No, I did it with both. Yeah. I did it with both. Yeah. So it's not that we're skipping customer validation. It's that you've already done customer validation. Yes. And this is just like, if you think about it, like this is a better version of what we've done in the past. Like when JD and I talk, some it, what, what, there, we, we talk about like how we've already built this business before, mm-hmm. but we built it with like an inferior, a product that was like very niche and like problematic from a compliance standpoint. We're going to build the better product this time and the market's better and we've done this before therefore it's going to work and so if that is not true then we'll go do other things in in 12 months like okay that's cool this actually resonates with the founding of less knowing crm anytime i'm like 
interviewed on a podcast with someone, the question I always hate is they're like, what'd you do to validate? Like, like in the early days, how'd you prove, how'd you customer research it? And like, first of all, none of those concepts existed in 2009, uh, or at least I didn't know about them. But second of all, it's like, I, I just knew, I already knew what it was going to be and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And that's a shitty answer because like that, that doesn't help uh, anyone who's trying to learn how to start a startup. But I had enough experience from my previous job offering a CRM to people that I was like, I just, I just know what people want already. I wrote an article about this um, when I was starting Leg Up because I we talked about this a lot. And I was like, how did you know? How did you know? And you were like, you said exactly that. And I call what you have is a unique insight. Um, and so like, I think most people who start successful businesses um, have some sort of unique insight. Like they, they grew up in a household with a construction worker and saw the construction worker go to school, you know, like have yeah. a problem every day. And then they started construction software business to solve that problem. Like it was, it wasn't that they like did research and found out that out. It was like, they lived it. Um, yeah, you had a yeah. unique insight about CRMs at, at Zane Benefits because of the product that we were offering. And we were, um, you know, serving, actually building a, a CRM for insurance agents and kept getting more requests yeah. for that than we did our actual product. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have a unique insight related to this benefit space. Okay. And I do just, uh, we, we can move on after this, but like disclaimer to what I just said, after launching Lessening Serum, we learned all kinds of stuff. We adjusted the pricing a little bit. We realized some features needed to be tweaked. It's not that like everything was perfect. It's that it's much easier to build something and iterate on it than it is to just go on endless customer, like theoretical customer research before building anything. So, so the, this is where I do want to spend some time on because I do think there's a difference between like validating the v, V1 and then um, working with uh, V1 customers to make it into yeah. a V2. And I don't have a plan for that with you. And I think JD is critical to like getting right. our test customers and then having a feedback loop. So before we went on this tangent, you asked me the question, like, will JD need to be in these conversations? And, and I, that, the reason I was asking all that is to get to exactly what you're saying here is like, if you know what we need to build for this current phase, I'm not sure that JD is going to add much. But as soon as it's like, let's start hearing what people are saying out in the field, that's when I feel like JD needs to be in the conversation. And maybe he should be in there earlier so he's not like a newcomer who doesn't understand the dynamic when, when we actually need his input. I, I believe that um, there's probably some form of regular, like while we're building, this is going to happen really fast. So it's probably not even worth spending much time on and we'll just figure it out as we go. But like, I think the product Slack conversation will uh, transparently, will give enough. him enough and he can ask questions if he wants to. And then the minute we're like, okay, this is ready. We need to go get some test customers, some betas. Like yeah. then we're like, JD, we need to have some sort of regular cadence around this. And it's like one, like who, what's our pipeline Two, uh, what are they saying? Three, like what changes do we need to make? <laughs> yeah, that works for me. And even between you and me. So uh, in addition to this, um, I think we, a lot of our communication can be asynchronous. Um, I have like, I've been putting together a long list of questions for you that I, I want to talk through probably not like right now, but, uh, Aside from those questions, I think like I'll do some designs and I can just share a zip message. Or did you see it's now called Clarity Flow? I'll send you a Clarity Flow. <laughs> Loved the rebrand. I, I just, I, I, the repositioning, I guess there's more of a better word, but like, holy cow, it just makes so much sense. And I know exactly who they're for. Like, that was really, I, they did a really good job. I bet Brian Castle is listening to this and I bet you just brought a big smile to his face. Yeah. I no, yeah. I think they're, if go to, I assume it's clarityflow.com. It's a great uh, like marketing site, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and zip messages like this. Oh, we have asynchronous video. Now it's like we help coaches make more money. It's like, yeah. Oh, the like, problem is <laughs> back to the Zencaster thing. What I want is asynchronous video. But <laughs> I, I one hundred percent. I one hundred and I still will. I one hundred percent get 
uh, it, it absolutely makes sense from a business standpoint. And as a customer, I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking that I should introduce, I'm going to tell uh, this guy I'm hiring for coaching. Yeah. Like I'm going to tell him about the zip message thing. Yeah. No, no anyway, I mean, um, thing. but so when I record a clarity flow that I'm still going to call it a zip message for now, is it, <laughs> Hey Brian, let me know. Is it's, is clarity flow meant to be like a verb? I'm clarity flowing. Anyway, I don't know. I think you send zip messages on clarity flow. Is that right? Yeah. I don't no, know. I, that's we'll, that, we'll find we, out. <laughs> you should, you should keep that. I like zip messages. Uh, but when I send one to you, I can just post it publicly in Slack and anyone can watch it. So like JD can just see our conversation, uh, that's happening over zip message. I, I think that is a great idea. And I think what it'll do is it'll help JD. It'll, I think one, it'll inspire JD to go find test customers and two, it'll give him talking points. Like he could even mm. potentially like use screenshots to, to, you know, he could use some of the materials you're sharing to uh, fake demo stuff. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, okay. We're at 20 minutes, man. When we're, when we're working together, there's a lot more weeds to dive into here. <laughs> this is any- like super productive. I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, for um, sure. Do you have any questions about the marketing coach before I close that one off? Um, not, not really. I, I, I'm interested in hearing updates, but I, I also feel like this is not something I have a lot to contribute to. I feel really good about it. I guess I would just say, um, I, I struggled with finding the right level of coach for leg up health. Like I, I've talked to a lot of people who are super in the weeds tactically about ads. And like, I found that somewhat helpful, but it wasn't like actually helping me. It was just like more execution work. This is definitely like a higher level coach that I think is going to challenge me. Um, uh, and I think it'll actually lead to more success long-term, but it's going to be painful in the short term because he's going to ask questions. Can I just like a, a random observation about how I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. And this is for our audience members who are solo founders. It feels so good. It's such a refreshing break. Less knowing CRM, our marketing doesn't really work great. And that's my problem. And it is such a good feeling to be like, I don't know, Rick, figure it out. <laughs> uh, like obviously I care about marketing and if I can help I will help but I like this is a very cool feeling I'm feeling right now that's like I just got to build this product like this is your problem <laughs> this is what it's like to be a software engineer <laughs> yeah I haven't felt this in a long time yeah. but, but awesome. yeah, having a co-founder not that not that I'm your co-founder but like I, I could map this to if you're starting a new company and you're trying to decide should I have a co-founder that's why you have a co-founder and I, I feel very similarly. Um, I have worried about learning how to code for three years um, on this journey because of this point. I wanted to get to this point. It's like the fact that I don't have to learn how to code to get to a V1 yeah. of a legitimately V1 is like a significant like relief for me. Yeah. Let me one more thought on this and then I'll stop because mm-hmm. I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, this relationship exists because of the two years I spent after college. I mean, you also spent that time, but then you stayed there for 10 years or whatever. But like, I do sort of get why it might make sense to go work at a big tech company for five years, because if I knew 10 people like you instead of one person like you, uh, that would open up some opportunity. So interesting that you say that. Um, the the Windfall crew, they all met at a company. Um, well, I guess a couple of them met in college, but like, yeah, like it's it's co-founders happen and when you work together and you like, it's not always how it happens, but the amount like... When you see the, co-founders dating on like IndieHackers.com or something, it's like, that's not how you meet a co-founder. You work together and you learn that you're like, wow, we actually complement each other. We work well together. Um, we recover from arguments. Like it's all these mm-hmm. like, it's all these things that you like assess that you can't like, you can't qualify on in an interview. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, cool. I'm, no, let, g- keep us updated on the marketing thing, but I don't think I have anything else to talk about there. Uh, cool. Anything else on your list? Should I should I dive into yeah, my stuff? Yeah, dive in. Um, I, I that that was most of what I wanted to cover today. So okay, thanks. Cool. Um, so yeah, like my updates. I'm for anyone who's been listening. Uh, I started my six week sabbatical. The first week of which was a just normal vacation. I went to Telluride, did some snowboarding. So this week, this is we're recording this Thursday morning. Monday of this week, so three days ago, was the first like real day of a five week period where I'm kind of working full time on like a benefits. Um, so yeah, just a few little like observations on the experience. First of all, my last day at less annoying CRM was weird. Um, cause I, to my credit, I think I did a good job of like tying stuff off and the like second half of the Friday of my last day or Thursday. Cause I, I stopped on a Thursday, second half of that day. I like just didn't have anything to work on. And I have not felt that in 13 years. Like, mm. <laughs> cause it's like, it doesn't make sense to start something that I'm not going to finish today. Cause I'll, I'm just going to set it down for six weeks. So I literally like went around and moved furniture in the office for half a day. You, I don't made, know. you made work up. I made work up, but it was a weird feeling. And it reminded me before starting a company, not at Zane benefits, but like in internships and stuff I had before that, like just felt that way all the time. <laughs> I think a lot of people just, don't have enough work to do all the time. Anyway. Uh, I don't have that problem. No, no, you do not. I've seen your calendar before. Uh, second point uh, or observation, I get, uh, you've kind of heard, you know, a lot of founders, their their dream is to exit, is to like sell mm. the business and they do it. And then apparently like depression, like rates skyrocket after companies get sold. Um and I get it. Like my first day back, or actually even more in Telluride, because you know I was on vacation. I wasn't meant. I wasn't supposed to be working anyway. But like, you know, we'd get done skiing for the day, and we'd be like, we're going out to eat in two hours. What am I going to do for two hours? Normally, I would have just pulled out my laptop and fucked around with some work stuff. But I kind of like forced myself not to. And I was literally like, I do not know what to do. Like, I don't know how to fill dead time during the day if I'm not allowing myself to like go into Slack and load some reports and stuff like that. So I get why selling a business could be like a, a pretty major loss for a founder. Yeah. I mean, routines just get blown up. Are you feeling, it sounds like, cause you know, it's not the end. You have like, you, you don't have to experience the, the feeling of loss. Like, right. Um, but that would they, that's be way what a, worse. That's, yeah. That that's what a founder worse. feels, right? Um, yeah. And Someone might react to that by saying, yeah, that means you have an unhealthy relationship with work and you need like other stuff, which to some extent, yeah, but like, let's apply that lens to, oh, I have a child. I can't imagine life without the child. You wouldn't say, well, then you should be less attached to your child, right? <laughs> that that wouldn't be what you'd say. Uh, I think it's okay to like plan on this is a major part of my life and I expect it to be a long-term thing. But it is weird to plan on exiting. If, if your goal is to exit and you have that relationship with work, that sets you up for, for a problem in the future. Yeah, yeah. If you want to sell your business, you probably should not get too attached to your business. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, at some point I'll retire. Like everyone eventually stops working at their business, but like I'm not worried about the fact that when I'm 60, I'm going to have to stop at Less Annoying. But anyway, it's, it's something that'll be on my mind of like, yeah, I don't know. Um. This final point is stupid. I'm not even going to say that. Let's move on. 
I, I have a question about skiing because I, I, yeah. I feel like I, for, last time you went on a ski trip, I think you lost your bags. You had to buy new ski equipment. Um, how did it go this time? Oh my God. Better, but not much better. Uh, <laughs> so both times we flew United, both times, both when I went to Whistler earlier this year and Telluride just now, the bags didn't even get on the first airplane. Oh it's gosh. not like they got lost in the layover, which is somewhat understandable. They just didn't put the and we it's not like we got there late. We got there like an hour and a half early. They just didn't put the bags on the airplane. Uh, this time they got them to us. A, we only missed one day of skiing because of it. But um, yeah, not loving United right now. Mm. <laughs> it was yeah. still a great trip. This time was much, much better than Whistler. Not only did we not get our bags, but Michael threw his back out. Shelly was sick the whole time. It was just a disaster of a trip. <laughs> well, did who, who skied with you this time? Was it solo? Uh, it was me, Shelly, uh, my wife, and then um, Michael, the head of customer service at Lesson Wings Airman, and his fiance, uh, awesome. and then his sister and her boyfriend. So uh, six Ooh, of us. Good. That was a good. That was a good group. Yeah, Michael's extremely wealthy uncle has a house in Telluride, and uh, it's it's good living. I I gotta say, I gotta say. So you're in this house where every single thing is expensive. Like the bench you sit on to put your boots on is probably like a multi-thousand dollar bench. Um, <laughs> there is not a single thing in that house I would take in place of what I have. I think cheaper stuff is better than more expensive stuff across the board, except he's got a $5,000 toilet. <laughs> and if you're, yes, I'm about to go buy a $5,000 toilet. This thing is life-changing. <laughs> Does it have like the heated seed? And heated all seed, bidet, all, all, it like talks to you. It's got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm jealous about. That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, one more update on less annoying CRM. Um, we are testing out, or we're it's not launched yet, but we're about to test out a new kind of positioning on our homepage. Um, so I thought I'd just kind of give an update on this, see if you have any thoughts. But um, so it's how should I explain this? The the impetus behind this, there's two things that happened that kind of inspired this. Number one. I've for a long time now. I've been talking about how our website lacks personality, um, and it used to have it. Like if you went to lessonwingserum.com ten years ago, everything was written in my voice. It was kind of sarcastic. It was kind of I thought funny. Um, not every business website should be that way. But if your name is Lessonwing CRM and someone's like scrolling through a list of hundred CRMs and they click on the name Lessonwing CRM, you should continue that kind of playfulness on the site. And I feel like we lost that. So that's one thing that's been on my mind. The other thing that's been on my mind is um, we at Big Snow Tiny Conf earlier this year. The dynamic is like everybody's challenging you, like why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And people kept being like, "Okay, why didn't you raise prices when in 2020 when you raised prices from ten dollars to fifteen? Why didn't you raise it on old customers? You'd make a million dollars in ARR instantly from that. Uh, why do you have so many customer service people? Why do you pay them so much? These were all these challenges that are like I'm doing stupid shit that is good for the customer but is bad for the business. That's the theme." I basically said, no, I'm not, I'm not listening to any of this. Shut up. That's basically what my reaction was. And then someone at Big Snow Tiny Comp said something really interesting, which was, okay, fine. You're doing all this dumb shit for the customer. I'm on your webpage right now. You don't say this anywhere. You're not bragging about all this stuff that you're doing that's different from every other company. Why not? Uh, and that really stuck with me. So combine these two things together. We're going to, and sorry, third thing. Um, no matter what we do with A-B testing, it has never in the last several years changed conversion rates. We'll, mm. we'll radically change. We'll change everything about the homepage, the design, the copy, everything. Conversion rate stays exactly the same. So our thought is like, if we're going to convert the same number of people, let's like have them 
be on our team more instead of just being like, I'm evaluating five different different CRMs and this is yet another CRM. Like we want them to feel like they're like in the less annoying family a little bit more. And so we're going to play with something that I haven't heard marketers say is a good idea. We're going to see if it works. And that is like, we're not selling the product. We're not selling the value. We're not doing jobs to be done. We're going to sell the company. We're going to say less annoying CRM is the only tech company you can trust or not the only one, but like you, you don't trust tech companies. You can trust us. And that's going to be the whole, the whole pitch. Um, so yeah, initial reactions. What do you think? I mean, why not? You, you just explained that nothing you do ever changes conversion rates. So why not say what you are and be okay with and like, and just like shout a little louder. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like a no brainer. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll see if it, maybe this one will change conversion rates. We'll yeah. see. But my favorite thing on it, we did like a, th- this is for anyone who doesn't get feedback from everyone at the company on everything. We did a group brainstorming with people who have nothing to do with marketing and someone who I would not have expected this idea from her. She goes, what we should do is get all the bad reviews for our competitors and put them on our homepage. Nah. And so we're going to do that. That's great. <laughs> it's so aggressive. Yeah. Um, do you have like of, uh, less annoying CRM verse competitor pages? Yeah. They, they don't really get much traffic, but we, really? we have them. Yeah. Interesting. There's just the, the CRM space has so they, they have G2 and Captera and all these companies that like built an entire business around competitor pages. Basically, um, we rank below all of those, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this idea also ties into what you talked about in our last episode, which is like Mamba mentality, where you mm-hmm. said like uh, kind of the Kobe Bryant channeling the Kobe Bryant spirit of like, you can't win if you're not willing to say you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I do think like y- you don't want to come across as arrogant or whatever, but this this new attempt we're trying with the homepage is a little bit more of that Mamba mentality of like, yeah, like we are doing a lot of stuff that's good for our customers and we should be bragging about it. And we, we've just kind of been doing it silently and, and meekly uh, in the, in the background before this. How will you know if this has an impact? Are you going to use conversion rates for it or could this be just more like this feels better? Yeah. Great question. So my hope is if conversion rates don't go down, I think I'll call this a win and we'll stick with it. If they go down, then it's a harder question. But And then the second thing is, I would love to hear customers asking questions about the topics we bring up on the homepage. It's, so I'll, I'll ask CRM coaches, like, has anyone been talking about, that? like, we talk about price increases on the homepage. We didn't do that before. Are you hearing customers talk about that or like say they saw that or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but I, I, I hope customers get these narratives and then like not everyone, but some of them start talking about them with us. Interesting. What okay. I mean, what do you think about that? How how let me rephrase, how would you how would you judge? How do you evaluate it? I think that's right. I I I I generally um this feels so core to your to less annoying CRMs being that you should go out under saying this stuff almost. Like you should be willing to go down with the ship if yeah, this yeah, is yeah. right. Um Maybe there's some tweaks you can make, but like, I, I generally like think that being being authentic and proud um, when it, when it's true is um, like what makes being in business fun. So yeah, um, I, I I I don't know that I could evaluate this in any other way other than like a binary. Like it's good that we're doing it and we're gonna yeah, do okay. it. Okay, that that's how I feel too. That we we live in such a metrics driven over quantify yeah. everything world that like it's almost embarrassing to say that, but like. Yeah, as long as I like it and it's not tanking conversions, I think yeah. that's all I'm looking for. Yeah, and the, 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 there's some like effect here of like 
I, I think the alignment it could drive in terms of prioritization and, and, uh, customer interaction, um, and just like mentality internally, culturally, um, I think it could be a huge benefit that you mm-hmm. probably already are doing this, but it just aligns what you're already saying internally. Dude, it's so cool seeing like a team of people, like you have a kernel of an idea and seeing them take it and run with it. Cause like Eunice, our marketing person, I, I worked closely with her on this, but then Maggie who makes our like onboarding videos. And since we're about to launch a redesign, we have to remake all our videos. Maggie, without any involvement from me, Maggie and Eunice talked. And so they're like, if someone sees this homepage and then they sign up, how can the video feed off this message and like keep the less annoying thing going into them actually using the product. It's so cool seeing that type mm-hmm. of thing happen. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, all right, that's kind of all my generic updates. I have some stuff just about the work I'm doing for Leg Up benefits. Uh, I don't. Uh, you've got some stuff related to Leg Up. What, what's the right order to talk about here? I I think. Um, why don't we talk about? I, I we may have covered this already, but I think maybe quickly highlighting like, where are you in the phase? Like maybe, um, yeah. Where do you want to be by the time you visit? Where do you want to be by the time you leave? And then where, what should we like, like what is like sort of the high level, uh, phases of work here? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I kind of, let's caveat this with like plans are worthless. Planning is everything, you know, that mm-hmm. quote, yep. um, I've made a plan and the plan is already off track. Uh, three days in. So like, I don't expect this to be right, but the, I I've broken the, my expectation of the work into sort of four, sort of three phases. Um, the first one is learning. I, so I know how to build a web app, but I want to build one using standard tools so that it can be handed off to somebody else. And that means not building it the way I'm used to. So I'm learning Laravel Tailwind, CSS and some other things. Uh, I'm in the learning phase right now. The, ne- the phase after that is I'm going to build what we'll call the MVP of like a benefits, which I think is enough that you can go sell it and onboard somebody, but like it's going to suck, but it's sellable. The, the phase after that is kind of like making it from a, an okay, viable, but not great product to a great product. I think that that third phase is like beyond the scope of most of this contract you and I have. That's how I'm thinking about it. Like I'll, I'll, my goal is to get it to a point where you have a product you can sell and then it'll probably be like after that it continues to improve. Does that sound about mm-hmm. right to you? Yep. Um, and then in parallel with those second two is like bug fixes and maintenance. As you get more customers, I think this is something people don't often account for when they're like thinking about building software is the more customers you have, you're just going to get bugs. You're going to get like the site's going to go down, things like that. And, um, It'll take more and more time the more customers we have. So by the end of the year, I I wouldn't be shocked if like the one night a week or whatever I'm spending on this is mostly just like bailing water out of the ship. And then we'll have to figure out the next year, like how do we, maybe we bring in another developer or something like that to, to kind of take it to the next level. Yep. Makes sense. That's my expectations. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, so I'm in learning right now. It's, if you'd asked me 24 hours ago, how it's going, I'd be like, not great. Uh, the first phases of learning just suck. And as you get older, and when you're learning something you already know, like I already know how to make a web app, it's really frustrating to learn. But I think I broke through that yesterday. I'm getting to a point where I can actually start making shit in Laravel. So feeling pretty good about it. That's awesome. Yeah. it's uh, My brain just doesn't work the way like 
all these framework developers brains work, but I'm, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, um, I guess the question would be like at this phase, like, is there anything you need for me, um, that I could, yeah. I mean, help uh, with not at this phase. So you already answered one of my questions, which is like, how much conviction do we have around what needs to get built? And it's good to hear a lot. Uh, I assume the actual designs and stuff I- I'm leading on, like you'll, you'll, you'll be the editor. You'll tell me, no, not that, not that, but like I'll, I'll kind of do the first drafts of. Yeah. And if you want like examples of workflows that like, I think are good related that are similar workflows, like I have companies in mind, um, in particular, like aspects of their products that are like, this is a good experience, but they're, they're okay. like, it's, it's a financial services app, um, in a lot of ways. So if you're, if you use Wealthfront or any like or turbo t- attacks or like yeah. any, any like modern. The like wizard type yeah, of yeah, one question at a time. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff is just like, it's pretty standard. And so like connecting bank accounts, that kind of stuff, that's all like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, standard kind of standard, uh, UI now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think the, I will have a bunch of things I need from you where like my plan is, once I get the technical stuff, like the learning side figured out, I'll go into kind of in parallel with that. I'm going to start mocking up how I imagine this MVP level going. I personally have found that the best way to like get a product good is to just work directly in the mockups rather than you and me having a meeting where we're talking about the specs or whatever. Cause like you might have one thing in your head and I have a different thing in my head. If we're both looking at Figma mockups, there's no real way to be confused about what I, what I have envisioned, and then you can just give me feedback on great. what I got wrong. Love okay. it. Um, cool. I'll probably. Well, yeah. There's all kinds of little details we'll talk about, but uh, yeah. I, honestly, I don't think I. I don't fully have in my head how the product's supposed to work. So that's going to be. I, I read the document. I get like the basic details, but that's I think where the main you and me back and forth will be is like just. Details. How's, how's this supposed to work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great. And there's there could be like a, a V1 versus a V2. Like, I don't know. Like, you'll have to tell you. I'm sure we'll have conversations of like, oh, that's like way more complex for very little benefit. Uh, we should probably cut that from the first version. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should say th- there's a separate set of things that I'm probably going to need your feedback on, which is like, like, what tool do we want to use to make payments and stuff like that? And part of it's going to be me looking at the API uh, and figuring out like, can we make it work technically, but a big part of it's going to be you, like there's different fee structures for these different ACH payment platforms and all, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm probably going to ask you to make most of the decisions on that. Of course, anything that, that, that is, has a kind of a budgetary long-term impact, like happy to be the, yeah, I will be the decision maker on those. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then we also need to talk about hosting budget at some point. Just off the top of your head, how much do you think it's going to cost to host this app? Let's say with uh, 20 companies with, you know, a few hundred users. I assume like $500 to $1,000 a month. That would be like my budget in my head. Okay, awesome. It'll be cheaper than that, but um, okay. it it that's, that's comforting. Not zero. So, not zero, right. I'm using this. So my least favorite thing about development is like the DevOps infrastructure side of things. And I spent all day Tuesday just trying to get MySQL working on my fucking computer. And eventually I was just like, this is a waste of time. I'm going, have you heard of PlanetScale? It's a hosted MySQL service. Um, It's by people who used to work at GitHub. And I guess they learned like how to make scalable MySQL databases at GitHub. And they kind of offered as a service. 
So basically, my plan, we'll, we'll, I, we could always pivot away from this if it doesn't end up working, but my plan is to use them. And that's probably the part that could get expensive. But the good news is like they handle all the backups, they handle uptime, they like all, th- there's a ton of stuff at Lessening CRM that took years and years and years for us to build internal tooling for. And uh, they just handled all, so I'm pretty excited about that. We should we should probably start a table in Notion um, or a spreadsheet in Google of just like, hey, these are like the variable costs. Some of these um, are going to be fixed to start, and these are going to be the ones that are usage based. And we should just start building out our cost model. Yep, I've already got all the ones that relate to me in a table in Notion. Um, cool, you're the man. I can send that to you. But the the other thing is like Dev Tools. So there's all these like. I already, I didn't ask you about this because it's $20 one time and I figured you'd approve that, but like mm-hmm. I paid for a special VS code extension to make some of this stuff yeah. easier, but, but there's other stuff that like, um, like GitHub copilot. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, so they just launched like five more, like so, there's like co- copilot X and copilot for PRs and copilot for this. And I think if you combine them all together, it's like 50 bucks a month. There, there are, I don't even know if I want to get all of those, but there will be other, in addition to hosting costs, there's just kind of like internal tooling costs. So I, I've got that all on a list and, and I'll run it by you later. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's, so we're going, uh, <laughs> this is real. I'll have more interesting things to say in two weeks because my plan is by then I hopefully will have started actually. So my plan is I'm going to, I'm doing a practice app right now to learn Laravel. It's a blog. That's just what the tutorial does. Once I have that working, I'm going to basically delete it all or put it all aside and rebuild a new thing that's not the real app, but like a toy app that just like proves I can do it. Then I'm going to get it deployed. That's when we sign the paperwork and say, okay, this can be done. Hopefully two weeks from now, I'm I'm working on that second, the kind of toy app. That's my goal. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I don't know if this makes for interesting radio or not, but what, that's what's going on. I guess, on. <laughs> is, there anything, is there anything I can do? What is the most important thing for me to do right now to help you? Is it reply to your questions and just like have an async convo with you at a somewhat rapid pace? I think so. Um, I, I do think a synchronous conversation would be good for this first wave of questions. Okay. Um, I'll send them all to you in advance, but like they don't, they're not like yes or no. Que- they're not like, can I, can I buy this thing? They're like, we need to talk about how we're going to name all these tables. Yes. Um, okay. That type of thing. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Let's, you tell me when you need, so I guess there's like two things. Like one is like when you send async questions or being responsive. Um, and the other is uh, when you need synchronous time, like just being jumping on a call and talking through things. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't do it live because no. I'd bore our audience, but can we like, before we leave today, can we just schedule a time for a synchronous call? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Um. Yeah. That's uh, so anyway, I'll have more, more updates in two weeks. Let's go. So, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go. This is great. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually like, this is just, just kind of share how I'm feeling about this um, with, with the audience. Like I am, it, when I did my annual review recap episode with Tyler in December or January, I can't remember what it was, but like I, one of the reflections I had is this has been my vision for at least eight years of something to build and I just haven't built it. Um, and I keep like putting it off cause I'm scared. I realized I was just scared of failing. And so I do have this like fear that this will fail. Um, and that this will be too, like it just won't work for a number of different reasons, but I'm power, we're powering through that. And I, I still feel that. Um, and I, I probably won't feel great until we have customers that are happy paying us money saying this is the best thing since sliced bread. 
Um, but, but the fact that we're doing this now is so much better than just thinking about doing it. I, 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 this yeah. progress, even if it's not real, it's like actual progress yet, but like this, just that the fact that we're moving on this is, a, is, is, is so much better than just worrying about when, whether I'm going to build this thing before I die. I mean, that's what separates entrepreneurs from entrepreneurs, right? Um, cause I still have this feeling with less knowing serum, despite having millions of dollars in revenue and stuff like that. I still, every day I'm like, are we, are we actually good enough to compete in the CRM space? It's so competitive. Do people want this? And it's like, obviously, yeah, they do. But I, I have that thought every day and you just have to go build it. So do it. yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And again, I'm especially excited because all I have to do is make the tech work and then other people are going to go turn that into a business, which is pretty cool. You bet, you bet, you bet. Um, uh, the other um, thing I wanted to share, brother, I did group health insurance. I'm switching subjects. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, we, we've I've mentioned it briefly at the beginning that we signed our second group health insurance customer. So if you're in Utah and you sell and you offer your employees group health insurance and you listen to this podcast, please, please, please give us a chance to pitch you. You do not have to sign up, but like if you can schedule a meeting with me, uh, my my partner JD, and just let him like walk you through our value proposition, it'd be great at bat for us. We'll learn from it. Um, and maybe you want to become our customer. I don't know. Um, so I'll just say that the, but the, but we've brought on two customers and consumers are very simple. Like it's like they make the decision, you know, they, they have a question, you answer the question with group health insurance. I'd forgotten about all the stuff that an employer has to deal with. Like you hire someone, you've got to add them. You've got to send them notices. They have, oh, they have this special situation. You've got to explain the special situation. And there's all these, like, there's the business owner who's usually the decision maker. Then there's like an admin person who's like doing the admin stuff. And then there's the agent. And then there's the insurance company. There's the employee. There's the spouse. And it's like actually pretty complex. Um, so uh, we've already gone through a couple of like terminations with our new clients of like, do I have to over- offer Cobra? Cobra is stupid. Oh my God. Um, and so there's all these things and it's all paper based. Do you think it's worth it? Because um, for yeah, a long time you were learning. turning, uh, but for a long time you were turning away group insurance customers. Like, do, do you feel good about? Oh yeah, diving into this world. Okay. Oh, it's like and same problem. They are underserved, and so and like, not like we're finding what we found a little a learning this week, which is the Gusto, uh, the payroll company. AOR is a lot of group small groups. Yeah, but they don't provide any service. Right. Yeah, we use Gusto. Yeah. So like, that's if, a huge, if, if you operated so much, in Missouri, we'd switch to you immediately. Like there's no, yeah. yeah right. Like, it, and you, you can call us when you have a question. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, so that, that we're, we're finding that like, there's a lot of, uh, of customers who are getting zero service and just the fact that they know they can call us is huge. And right now we're realizing, wow, we could build a software workflow for Cobra notices. Um, so there's all these like, uh, opportunities that we're seeing just two customers in they're like wow this is awesome. uh, unserved and untapped yeah the harder it is the more paper-based it is the more complicated it is the the more opportunity there is for you to make it better yes exactly awesome um i like that I, I yeah too many too many businesses start on things that are like a good business <laughs> you know if it's a good business too many other people are doing it yep which segues nicely to um there's kind of two trending topics right now. One's Silicon Valley Bank and one is AI. We probably don't have time for both. Do you have a preference of which one of these we talk about? We, I mean, I think we could talk about AI for the rest of this year. Uh, SVB is going to um, okay. kind of become less timely. So why don't we talk about SVB? 
Okay, that's absolutely fine. Then my segue point doesn't apply because it's segued oh, into AI. Well, no, 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 you're right. Let's talk about it. I, I, I also don't, I, it, it is like things are moving so fast that it's like, does anyone even care about anyone talking about SVB like like Silicon Valley Bank, you know, a week and a half after it collapsed? Do, do you have anything, any thoughts on it? I Just that like uh, how fragile, I mean, our system is, I, I think that's like the, probably my biggest observation is just, man, like that was fast. And, yeah, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't under, I don't know enough, like disclaimer, I do not know enough about how this all, all the dependencies work. Um, but it does feel like the way people are reacting is that like, it came close to a like pretty catastrophic sort of domino effect. Um, I don't understand the details, but like, yeah, uh, but I, but I, it's hard for me. I don't know how much of a house of cards we have, but it, it just, it, it just reminded me of like, this stuff could break. Here's what's frustrating to me about a lot of the discourse about this is, so what you're saying is absolutely true. But the thing is like, people are saying that's true because of XYZ financial indicator, it, right? It's because, oh, the, the interest rates went up and all these banks have these 10 year treasuries and now they're underwater on them and they're insolvent or whatever. But the, the way people talk about it, like if you listen to Scott Galloway or my first million or all these like kind of people who, you know, talk about this stuff, they're like, they're saying that because these banks were like their, their books were weak, that's why they were susceptible for, to a bank run. The entire business model of a bank is if every single one of your customers goes and tries to withdraw their money on the same day, you go out of business. Every bank, it doesn't matter how healthy the bank is, right? So like the idea, yes, it's a house of cards, but it's, we all just have to not do a bank run. Yeah, but that's that's like <laughs> that's like recycling. We should all recycle. No, absolutely. But my point is like nothing has so maybe things have changed that make like the finances of these businesses worse, but the fact that banks can be run on is not new. That was true every single day of our entire lives. And I just feel like people talking about it like Silicon Valley Bank failed because they couldn't survive a bank run. No bank can survive a bank run. That's how banks work. The, the, the thing is, they the bank run happened because their books were bad, but their survival was irrelevant, I think. I guess, I guess what what um, what I mean, I agree with what you're saying. What, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say more, more clearly is um, I didn't, it surprised me how quickly that happened yeah. and what, what the triggering instance was, was like not something I like put together. And mm -hmm. it was like, like, okay, we like, there is a little bit of whack-a-mole here, um, with, uh, and, and it does seem like it, you know, with, there's like a whole like group of thought literature around like systems thinking, like the system is so complex. It's hard to predict when you try to pull, like fix one part of the system, what the impact does on the other part of the system. And it's like, there is this like real thing where it's our, our system is so complex. Like after the fact that yeah, you could analyze it and say, we believe that this was what it is, but like predicting what mm -hmm. happens when you raise interest rates right now is like, it's somewhat like impossible. Yeah. Well, especially cause it's an adversarial system. Like if you, if you look at 2008, not that the people who there weren't necessarily like scammers per se that caused it, but there were, it's extreme greed. It's like, if there's any way to squeeze a little bit of extra money out of the system, you squeeze it and then you leverage that squeeze and turn it into 10 X and then you leverage that. And 
there are these people who are basically bad actors working like that, that are trying to over leverage, just squeeze everything out. And so if there's even the tiniest crack in the system, yeah, they're going to get in there and they're going to destroy the whole thing. And so <laughs> to be clear, my point earlier is not that the whole thing's not going to fall apart. That yeah. that was not my point. My point was that it's a confident, it's a trust-based system. It is, we all have to stay calm and it's it's my, my analogy. You know how like a sports team wins like the Super Bowl or whatever, and then the city riots, or they lose the Super Bowl and the city yeah, riots. Yeah. And it's like every that's your that's, that's, a, that's a stupid fucking reason to riot. <laughs> what that exposes is everybody was waiting for an excuse to riot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I will say for the first time ever, I'm like not sure what to do with Less Knowing Serum's money. Um. Mm. We we don't we have enough that it's. Like our money's currently in Mercury. They have $5 million in FDIC insurance because they do the sweep account thing. Mm, that's cool. So like we're well under that, but it is like, okay, but if they go, if there's a bank run and if, if I have to wait a week for the money, that could still be a big problem. I'm not worried about losing it, but I am worried about waiting a week, but there's like lots of logistical challenges and spreading it across different banks. So yeah, I don't know entirely what to do aside from just like be like, well, the United States is fairly stable it'll it'll be fine <laughs> listen if, if you had yeah you, you can't there's some things you just can't worry about yeah no i but, i agree yeah. so for a second we were like eyeing it like should we do something and at this point i'm just like let's just keep all our money in mercury and um it'll be fine i mean it's or, the same well, thing. whatever <laughs> this is the same thing with like a benefits it's like i i could worry about you asked me a question that's pretty like i mean i don't know the answer to it but i like is this the right product to build? Like I, yeah. I believe it is, but like, I can't worry about that right now. I have to, we have to go build this thing okay. and then, you know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. All right. So no huge insights on uh, Silicon Valley bank, but we talked about it. We checked that off our list. Uh, <laughs> and, and next week or two weeks from now, we will talk about AI. Yeah, there we go. All right. You want to sign us off here? Sure. Thank, um, uh, thank you for the time, Tyler. If you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startup to last.com. See you next week. See ya.